Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor-comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. (laughs) This day will go down in history as precedent-shattering. John Bickerson is smiling. Despite the lateness of the hour, the fact that he has had perhaps the hardest day of his life at the office, John Bickerson is smiling. Why? Tell us, John. Two weeks vacation with pay. (sighs) Wait till I tell Blanche, brother, how I've longed for this. I'll sew myself into the bedsheets and sleep for ten days. John? Hello, Blanche. How is my beautiful wife? What? Would you like me to bring you a glass of milk and a cookie? And here's a little present for you. You look wonderful, honey. Oh, this is awful. What's the matter? This morning I burned my hand on the stove. I ripped my only pair of nylons. My inlay fell out. And now you come home drunk. What are you talking about? I'm not drunk and you know it. Then why are you so nice to me? What's the use? When I come home tired, can't smile, she beefs. When I come home and try to be pleasant, she accuses me. Put out the lights. You're not going to bed with your shoes on. Yes, I am. I work like a horse. I might as well sleep like a horse. Why did you bring me a present? What have you been up to, John? Bring his wife a present. Oh, stop it. A husband doesn't bring his wife a present unless he's done something wrong. I've brought you a million presents and I've never done anything wrong. Never. Not since the day I married you. I wish you'd let me sleep. Sure. Sleep. That's the easiest way out when you've got a guilty conscience. Blanche, I tell you, I haven't got a guilty conscience. Then why did you buy me an expensive present? It isn't an expensive present. It's the crummiest present I could find. I could believe that, all right. What is it? Why don't you open it and see? I bet you've gone and thrown away your money on some stupid thing I can't even use. Oh, you can use it fine. A home 
beauty outfit. It's got everything, just what you need. Wrinkle cream, freckle remover, hair darkener, false eyelashes, chin reducing strap. What kind of a present do you call this? What are you hinting at? How did I know what was in it? Nobody would use this but a homely woman. Oh, that's not true. All women use it. They do not. Only the homely ones, and I wouldn't touch it. The sales girl in the drugstore said she uses it all the time, and she's not half as homely as you are. What? I mean, you're just as pretty. And that's just about what happened. You walked into a drugstore, saw a pretty face, and didn't know what you were buying. I didn't look at her face at all. If you were going to buy me a present, why didn't you buy me something I could use? Why didn't you get me an ounce of taboo? What's that? My favorite perfume. Well, you've got a dresser full of perfume. Taboo, Sabu, Snafu, Sterno. Enough perfume for any woman alive. Look at those bottles. They're all empty. And it's all your fault. You left the corks out and it evaporated. I leave the cork out of my bourbon, don't I? Well, what about it? That never evaporates. You never give it a chance. I don't see why I should have to do without because of your nasty habits. What do you think makes a thing dry up, John? Wish I knew. Don't be so funny. Oh, I'm not funny. I'm sleepy. You know I worked at the office 18 hours without a let-up? That's what you said you did. That's what I did. I did it for what I thought was a good reason, but now I'm sorry. Why? Forget it. What is it, John? What happened? <gasps> you lost your job. I didn't lose my job. I got two weeks vacation with pay. It's the first vacation I've had in seven years, and I wanted to enjoy it. But no, you wouldn't stand for that, would you? How can you say that, John? Of course. Of course I want you to enjoy yourself. Where's the money? In my wallet. Two whole weeks pay. Now, do you mind if I rest? You know, John, I haven't had a vacation either. A change of scene will do us both a world of good. If you're so tired, there's only one thing in the world for you to do. He's doing it. Where did he say that money was? Here it is. Two weeks' pay. Blanche, put that money back. Oh, I, I thought you were sleeping, dear. What were you doing with that money? What's the matter, Blanche? I, I'm not doing anything. I'm just counting it to see if they gave you the right amount. It's the right amount. Put it back and go to sleep. You needn't talk like that. I wasn't going to steal it. Who said you were? Just like you to make a crack like that. I didn't make any cracks at all. Go on. Call the police. Have me arrested. Put me in prison. Nobody's putting you in prison. They'll lock me up in solitary confinement. Rats running all over me in my cell. And I stand helpless, shaking, behind iron bars. No way to escape. Blanche. Oh, why don't you send me a hacksaw, John? You're getting hysterical. Well, don't go accusing me of taking your money. It's half mine anyway. It's all yours. All I want is sleep. I don't see why we can't go away on a vacation for a few days. You go. I told you I'm going to do nothing but sleep for the whole two weeks. You'll have to get up sometime. Not even once. How are you going to collect your unemployment insurance? What unemployment insurance? You're going to be out of work for two weeks. You can't collect unemployment insurance if you've got a job. If you're not working, you haven't got a job, have you? That's different. Why? I don't know why. Nobody does it, that's all. Well, what's the good of unemployment insurance if you don't get any money when you're unemployed? Being on vacation is not the same as being unemployed. Don't tell me. What? 
Clara's husband, Barney, has never had a job his whole life, and he collects his unemployment check every week. He can't collect any checks if he doesn't work. I thought you said they only pay you when you don't work. That's right. But you have to work before you can be out of work so you have a legitimate claim for the money you earned that you don't get. I don't get it. Oh, leave me alone. And I'm telling you now, John, you've got two weeks off and you're going to do one of two things. Do you hear me? I hear you. Either you start collecting your unemployment insurance or else you fill in those two weeks with another job. Another job? This is my vacation. I don't care. It won't hurt you to work those two weeks. And we could use the money. <sighs> okay, I'll get another job in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Do it now. What? Go on. Get up. Get a job, you loafer. What kind of a job can I get at two o'clock in the morning? What's the matter with being a night watchman? I won't do it. I won't do it. You've got no right to deprive me of my two weeks off. I don't care what happens. I won't get another job. All right, then. Promise you'll take me away on a vacation. There's no way out. I promise. Will you swear? Every minute that we're away. I know where we'll go. Lake Tahoe. I'll only have to buy a few more dresses, and you can wear your dungarees all the time. Okay. Just tell them you came in from fishing, and if it gets cold, I've got just the thing. Let me show you what I picked up on sale yesterday. I don't want to see it. Just look at this, John. Isn't it stunning? What's so stunning about a bath rug? It's a fur cape, silly. Well, where's the fur? Well, that's the way it's supposed to look. It's the very latest style. Sheared beaver. Sheared beaver? It's been clipped. So have I. You have not. This is worth every penny, John. You know I'm a good judge of furs. Oh, sure. The past two years you bought a bald mink and a plucked skunk. Well, what's wrong with them? The mink stinks and the skunk shrunk. Blanche, how much did you pay for this one? Only $94. $94? Oh, Blanche, you didn't. Get that money back, you hear me? Get that money back. Don't get hysterical. As soon as the... Blanche, how could you do this to me? I deny myself everything. I've been sewing heels on your old pocketbooks and wearing them for shoes. I've been eating the padding out of my overcoat shoulders to save on breakfast cereal. I don't even drink my bourbon anymore. I just chew the cork and hit myself on the head with the bottle. I never spend a nickel on myself. You bought a bag of popcorn yesterday. That wasn't popcorn. My teeth fell out from malnutrition. I'm warning you, Blanche. Blanche, you're not going to get away with it. What do you want? Hello, Bickerson. This is Mr. Guernsey. Yes. Uh, oh, hello, Mr. Guernsey. I hate to be calling you at this hour, Bickerson, but something very urgent has come up. What happened? I just received word that our Chicago plant burned down, and we weren't covered. This morning, I filed bankruptcy proceedings, and I'm closing up for good. What? I trust you'll find a new position, and I do wish you good luck. Well, uh, thanks. By the way, Bickerson, would you mind sending back that two-week salary I gave you? I need every penny I can scrape together. Yeah, um, sure, I'll send it. Uh, goodbye. Well, did you hear that, Blanche? No, what was it? My boss, Mr. Guernsey, I lost my job. <gasps> wonderful! Wonderful? What's so wonderful about it? Now you can collect your unemployment insurance. Oh, Blanche. Good night, John.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, I'm sure a lot of you feel like we've been cooped up for too long, and National Geographic has maybe some suggestions about how we might uh, cope with being cooped up for too long. They, simply put, they have a campaign that says, Get Outside, Adventure Awaits, and they have uh, a couple uh New editions of uh, some National Geographic books that might have some good tips and, and examples of where you might go once you uh, leave your quarantine. And here to talk about that is uh, senior editor from National Geographic, Allison Johnson. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, now, I... I I was just curious when I when I saw that there are two National Geographic books, Secrets of the National Parks, which is in its second edition, and Guide to the mm-hmm. National Parks, which is in its ninth edition. When you do a new edition of one of these books, is it because you ran out of books, or is there new stuff in them? <laughs> There's new stuff in them. So what we do with each edition, we go back to the content that was originally in the book, We have it fully vetted by staff checkers and researchers and even the park rangers themselves. And then we update the information that exists to include any new information, any changes, you know, as landscapes change or park boundaries change. And we also add a lot of great new content. So um, between these editions, I believe at least four new national parks were added to the park system. So we added all of the new parks into the books. Um, and we added a lot of new insight from our park rangers, particularly in um, Secrets to the National Parks. We really picked their brains for their hidden gems and their best-kept secrets to the national parks and got a lot of great new content for exploring and getting outside. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that about uh, best-kept secrets because... You know, when I when I started looking at at some of the material about these uh, these two new editions, um, it, it occurred to me that a lot of us just sort of take the existence of national parks for granted, and they they were started as as part of a, a way of conserving. Um, Mm-hmm. land and nature and so on and and so a lot of us have this impression that that they're carved in stone that you know <laughs> they, they're just there and that they never change mm-hmm. yeah and you know they are shifting all the time and we're also discovering a lot of new things about the parks one of the great elements of these guidebooks is there's a lot of cultural history to discover in these parts that's still being unearthed, you know. There are archaeological sites that date back hundreds and thousands of years to civilizations well before our own that you can discover. That's always happening. And even some of the parks, the boundaries are changing. And, you know, even in Hawaii, there's Volcano National Park, which grows day by day as lava spills into the (laughs) ocean. So that park is actually physically changing in size um, constantly. And so there are changes to the parks being made all the time. And some of them are less seen by the the everyday visitor and some you can see between you know one year to the next and so it's really you know it's something that you should get outside and explore and uncover because there's a lot of rich history and nature and landscapes to see more about national parks with allison johnson from national geographic straight ahead hello darling this is elvira mistress of the dark with tom sumner 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More about national parks with Allison Johnson from National Geographic straight ahead. We always think of uh, national parks as, as like landmarks, like the Grand Canyon. And it's it's hard mm-hmm. to imagine if, if anything changed dramatically about the Grand Canyon, it seems like that would be really big news. <laughs> yeah, I think in those places you're going to have the tried and true experiences. But what I love about these books is it also encourages you to explore the lesser known national parks. We have 63 national parks in our country. And I think we often don't realize how many we have because we hear about ones like the Grand Canyon and Yellowstone and Yosemite and Great Smoky Mountains. But we don't hear about the ones that are a little more off the beaten path, like Voyagers National Park in Minnesota, which is a really special park that's made up of 40% water. So rather than hiking trails, you have kayaking and canoeing trails and voyagers. Um, Or Isle Royale in Michigan, and it's, you know, above the Upper Peninsula on Lake Superior, and it has 450 islands to explore. And so there's a lot you can see. Um, that most people don't realize is there because they they only hear about the big iconic landmarks, but there's so much protected space that we can be out exploring. You know, I get up to the um, Upper Peninsula and uh, in, in Lake Superior usually at least once a year for about a week or so. And uh, mm-hmm. whenever somebody mentions Lake Superior, I think of the time I was up there in December, and I, and there was snow on the ground, and it was freezing cold, <laughs> and there were college kids out surfing on on, <laughs> on Lake Superior, and and I get that picture in my mind, and and it just it won't go away. Um, <laughs> They're brave souls. <laughs> yes, they are, wetsuits and all. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is this is fascinating um, because there are so many parks that we don't know about, and that's one of the things that's great about National Geographic. Not only does it list some of the things that are available at the various parks, but they have the the classic National Geographic incredible photographs and you know, just amazing reproductions of things. And and it really does whet your appetite for checking out some of these places. In in putting together the, the new editions of uh, both of these books, uh, I mentioned uh, Secrets of the National Park and Guide to the National Parks. Um, did you come across, are, are the, the national parks staffed and do they have programs and, and program uh, staff to, to help lead programs and, and special activities, or do you just show up at a park and wander around and go, oh, cool? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can wander around by yourself, but they do. every park has a really great program on offer, and there are park rangers throughout the parks. You can always stop by the visitor center, which is a great place to get an overview of the park itself. Hear a lot about the history and the cultural history of the parks from the park rangers, and you can always book guided tours um, and guided adventures through the park ranger program. Some parks even have a Become a Ranger program that I love for kids visiting national parks where you really get to engage with the rangers and what they do, and they show you kind of an insider tour to how they manage and protect the parks, and you get to become a ranger for the day yourself. So there's a lot you can do guided in each of the parks, and it's a really great way If you're fascinated by history and you want to learn about the cultural heritage of each of these parks, the park rangers 
really know their stuff, and they're also going to point you in the right direction for scenic overviews and wildlife spotting and bird watching, and they are the experts in these spaces. In the... Um in these books, um, how how is the uh, the guide to the national parks book laid out? Is it um, by different subjects? Is it geographic? And and I'm asking this because I'm wondering there are some people who are very interested in in nature. There are some that really like history. Um, mm-hmm. Some that that like just just dramatic big stuff like rapids yeah. and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the book, the Guide to the National Parks, we take you park by park through the country. So every park is in there. And in each one, we give you a general overview of the park. And then we give you what that has to offer. And we do break that out. We break it out by if you want to go hiking, if you want the scenic overlooks, here's what to do. If you're a history buff, here are the places that you must see, whether that's, you know, an iconic mining town that lives within a park or an old building or farmhouse or bridges we highlight all those historic spots, battlefields. Those will be in there, and we have sidebars throughout on the wildlife that you'll see if you're into spotting wildlife. We also do um, bits on the species of plants and the trees that are in these and when the best time is to go to see wildflowers blooming. So we really try to dissect the parks in as many ways as possible so that no matter what you're looking for, you can find that experience in the park. Now, for people who've been cooped up for almost a year and a half now, um, and mm-hmm. it's, it seems like, I, you know, I keep thinking I'm going to, you know, stick my head out the front door and see my shadow. But um, <laughs> but for, for people who, who really have been cooped up for a year and a half, mm-hmm. is there's a, there's a sense that you want to get out and do everything, but is there an order, a, a, a good place to start? Yeah, you know, I think it depends. If you want something close to home, I would look at, you know, the parks that are in an easy driving distance from you. Yeah. Um, ones that you can get to in a day or two that are nearby. And it might not be in your home state, but usually there's one one state over that you can get to pretty easily. Um, and you don't have to hop on a plane to get there. And that's kind of a way to you know, wet your feet in the travel space. But if you are willing to hop on a flight, um, a really great place to start a national park experience is in Zion National Park in Utah. It's kind of one of those quintessential national park experiences. You're going to get the beautiful red rock formations and canyons. You have hiking, mountain biking, horseback riding, but it's also not an overwhelmingly huge park. You can get a lot of it just out of a long weekend. And so I, I always recommend people consider Zion if they've never really been to a national park before and they're looking to try a new one because it's a really manageable one to tackle on your first go-round. And I think it would inspire people to continue the journey to explore the rest of the national parks in the country. Is the experience of national parks, is it enriched if you are inclined to camp? It doesn't time to camp. I think that, you know, camping at a national park gives you a whole other sense of the park itself and the landscapes. You're going to see the wildlife that comes out at night, sleeping beneath the stars in these spaces, especially if you live in a city where you're not going to have a lot of stargazing. The expanse of 
sky and how bright those stars shine when you are in a national park is truly amazing and it's worthwhile to camp. I remember going to um, a campground in a national park with a friend who was born and raised in New York City and she had never seen stars like that before. <laughs> and I think it's just one of those magical experiences. Whether or not you've seen a beautiful star-ridden sky or not, it's just, it brings a whole other element to the national park than just exploring by day. Um. Now, I, I was looking at some notes, and it said something about parks being off the beaten path or, or off the beaten track. Um, are there are there places to to stay for people who maybe have four days or a week that they they want to spend? Um, are, are they are most of the parks pretty accessible to hotels and motels, or um, is it? are you really kind of on your own? Most of the parks, you know, even if they are more off the beaten track, the farthest you're going to have to go to find a hotel or a motel is 20 to 30 minutes outside of the park, which really isn't too bad. A lot of the park grounds themselves have lodges within the grounds or campsites or RV spots that you can um, boondock or park and connect to. So there's a lot of lodging options. So you're never going to be far away from a place to stay. So if you want to center yourself around one national park for a few days, you're definitely going to have the option to do so. Now you mentioned, um, Allison, that there are some some new national parks. What are some of the newest ones? And and how, how does a park become a national park? Yeah, so, you know, every few years we kind of get some new national parks pop up and they're designated by the government, usually by the president. Um, One of my favorites is on my bucket list, but I've heard so much from our National Geographic travel writers and explorers is um, White Sands in New Mexico. Um, And it's been described to me as otherworldly. And it's um, the sand is quartzite and it's the largest expanse of quartzite in the world. And there are dunes that you can go sandboarding down and you can backcountry camp there. And I just, everyone has said it's a really magical place that you can be. Um, and just recently they declared um, a new, the New River Gorge in West Virginia as a national park. And it was a state park and recreation area before, but it's been upgraded to national park status recently. And that's really exciting to watch as we continue to protect our natural spaces and add new landscapes to the national park system that um, are different from what we already have within the parks in the system. And and what are some other new ones? Um, you know, all of the ones that, that I know have been around forever. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Dunes National Park, it became a national park um in 2019, so it's, it's pretty new out there, and it's yeah. 15,000 acres, um, and it's really cool. It has dunes, wood, woodlands, grasslands, and wetlands, and it's between Gary and Michigan City in Indiana, so it's really accessible, and it's very different from some of the other parks out there. And One of the things I love about it is a birder's paradise. There are more than 350 species of birds, so it's a really great spot to go for birders. But that's one of the newer ones. Well, I wondered when, when all the birds leave Michigan where they go. <laughs> that's where they're <laughs> heading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice that they don't have to fly all the way to Florida. 
Um, <laughs> now, getting back to this uh, this idea of the different kinds of parks. Now, I'm I'm getting a little old for sandboarding and um, and and rock climbing and even maybe hiking, um, but. Um, but there really is something for everybody. What what are some uh, parks that that don't require you to be a lot of uh, to do a lot of physical activity, or uh, for people who might be uh, mobility challenged? Mm-hmm. So um, Redwood National Park in California, there are a lot of driving routes that you can take through the Redwood Grove. Yeah, you know, Redwood is a great option. And then by me, um, outside of D.C., we have Shenandoah National Forest, or National Park, which is a beautiful forest to explore. But if you don't want to hike or bike the routes in the, in the forest, there's Skyline Drive, which is a really fantastic road that goes above the tree line of the National Park. And there are great spots along the way, a scenic overlook you can pull off onto, and, you know, get the pictures, take it all in, um, just steps from your car. There are spots that you can picnic along the route. And you really can see a lot of what the park has to offer from the comfort of your car. And I think most of the national parks throughout the country have a lot of accessible ways to experience the park. I know the Grand Canyon has a rim-to-rim driving tour. Um, and the Badlands and Theodore Roosevelt National Park also has roads that take you from one end of the park to the other that you can really see a lot in one day and not have to do a lot of work to see some of the best sites at the park. Allison, when we first started talking, I um, you know, mentioned people being cooped up and anxious to, to get out and go, um, but are there certain things that they need to do to prepare themselves and do they... I, I don't know, need reservations, or can they just pop in and say, hey, we're here to check it out? Yeah, a lot of the parks you're not going to need a reservation to go in, and if you have a day or so, take, you know, you can be sporadic and go to the park and take a hike or two or just drive through and see a scenic overlook. But if you're going to go someplace for a long time, I highly recommend looking up, if you, especially if you're going to camp, or stay near or in the park, looking up reservations well in advance. These are popular places to go, especially in the summertime. So you're going to want to make sure you can get those reservations. Um, and also always check the park websites, especially right now with COVID guidelines, to make sure that you'll be able to get into the park and have access to it. And in our book, we do highlight, especially for campers, how far in advance you need to plan in both the guidebooks and the secrets of the national parks in order to get those hard-to-get camping reservations and lodging in some of the more popular parks. So some don't require a lot of planning and some require a few months ahead of time to get there. You really just need to base it on how popular the park is and especially in the high season that we're approaching right now. Well, depending on on travel distance, um, are, are there some parks that are better for a day trip and some that you really want to have a few days? Yeah, definitely, and I think it depends on where you are and what you want to see. You know, Shenandoah that I mentioned that's right near me, um, for the East Coast, you can go to Shenandoah and back in a day. Same with Great Smoky Mountains. You can see a good chunk of that park on just a day drive. Um, Bigger parks like Yellowstone National Park, you're going to want to spend a little more time there, but there are plenty of places that you can go 
a good feel for and explore in just a day or two. You know, I'm thinking Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. You can do a really cool tour of the caverns in just a day. Big Bend in Texas, Badlands um, in North Dakota. All of these are great options where you can go and really just make a good day of it, depending on where you are. And is is there anything special that people need to take into consideration about going to visit parks and you mentioned wildlife sort of parenthetically and i i just have this picture of uh, me and a couple of friends uh you know hiking down a trail and nervously whispering to each (laughs) other lions and tigers and bears oh my Yeah, you know, for the most part, the wildlife you are going to see, the big wildlife is going to be at a distance. So out west and in the central plains, you might see bison grazing or moose or bighorn sheep. Um, For the most part, these animals are going to keep their distance. As long as you're on the right trails and inbounds, you keep your space, they will keep theirs, and just be respectful of the wildlife and the boundaries. The smaller critters that you're going to see, definitely, you know, they might get a bit closer, but do not interact with them. Even if they look cute and cuddly, they are wildlife, so they can be unpredictable. Um, if you visit the Grand Canyon, you will see a lot of signs that say, please do not feed the squirrels, and it's for good reason. So always be respectful of the wildlife you encounter. Um, a lot of what you'll see up close are smaller creatures and birds, um, which are beautiful to take in, but do not touch, do not feed, and then keep your distance from the bigger animals and, and follow park guidelines to make sure that you aren't doing anything that might put you or your friends and family in a dangerous situation. Do the national parks have hours and, and seasons? Are, are they all open all year, um, or, or do they have... Uh, different seasons for different parks and and uh do they have hours that are posted they do have hours that are posted and those are more seasonal so some places especially in um, colder months the visitor centers won't be open as much of the day so you definitely want to look on the park websites to determine what's open and for how long and when most of the parks will be open year-round they just might have a few more limited hours depending on weather conditions But some of the best times to visit a park could be in the off-season. And so um, don't be afraid to explore, even if it's colder months. My favorite visit to Yellowstone National Park was in the dead of winter. And you have to like the snow and cold to do it, but you are missing a lot of the crowds. You still have the park open as it would be in the summer. You're seeing bison, but you're getting experiences like snowshoeing and snowmobiling in the park that you wouldn't have had in the summer. So it's great that they're open to explore year-round. You just want to be sure what's accessible and what's closed off based on the time of year you're there. Are there online versions of uh, these Nat Geo books that we're talking about, The Secrets of and the Guide to uh, National Parks? There are ebook versions that people can download from Amazon, and you can also find a lot of great park information on our website, nationalgeographic.com. I, I still encourage people to, to get their hands on the books themselves, though, because yeah. as I've said many times, uh, Allison, to various people uh, that are contributors and staff members of National Geographic, not only do you have these great photographs that explorers get out there and take, but 
the reproductions are always so stunning. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, they really are. Once you see the images in these books, I think it really will inspire you to get out there and make your own adventure. Well, Allison, um, as always, uh, it's it's a pleasure to talk with anyone from National Geographic. I, I always look forward to these conversations. And national parks are indeed national treasures, and, and people should explore them if they're looking for things to do now that it's looking like we can start to slip out of our bunkers. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, it, it might be a good thing to do this summer. Yeah, I think it's a great way to start testing the waters for travel again and doing it safely in the great outdoors. Well, Allison, thanks so much for spending uh, this time and sharing uh, some of this information. I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more. Um, obviously, National Geographic has a website. Yes, you can find out more at nationalgeographic.com, and you can always follow us at, at NatGeo on Instagram and Twitter and at NatGeo Books on Twitter as well. Well, Allison, thanks again, and uh, have a great summer. Thank you. You too. Take care. That was uh, Allison Johnson, and... Um, she is a senior editor for National Geographic Books, where she publishes travel, photography, cookbooks, and illustrated reference titles, including uh, the New York Times best-selling Blue Zones Kitchen by Dan Butner, who's been a guest on this show, but a number of, of others, the uh, award-winning 100 Drives of a Lifetime by Carrie Miller, and uh, What to Eat by... Uh, no, What to Eat When by Drs. Michael Roizen and uh, Michael Crupain and, and and so many others. Um, so we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. The books we were talking about, the new editions are uh, of um, National Geographic books. One is uh, Secrets of the National Parks. The other is Guide to the National Parks. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <laughs> The Tom Sumner Program.com This is the Unknown Comic, 
And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. 
More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I'll tell you a story about my boss, Sheldon Leonard. Sheldon Leonard, uh, this, is a, this is a true story. Sheldon Leonard is a man that hired me for high spy. He brought me up to his office. He said, I want you to be a spy. I said, okay. So we signed a contract and the series was on. was a hit. I don't complicate anything, man. <laughs> So, uh, Sheldon was married a long time ago, probably before there was hair. <laughs> he's an old bugger. He's, a, he's really old, Duke. And uh, he took his wife on a honeymoon up to Niagara Falls, and this was when Niagara Falls was brand new. And they didn't even give you a raincoat or nothing, you know. He's, just stood there, you got wet, and you came down, you smiled at each other, you know. And he said, he tells this story. He said, it was very cold that day, but the following morning, the sun came out, and it shone brightly. And the temperature went up to 99. So I said to my bride, bride, why don't we take a little dip in the wonderful lake? And his bride looked at us, yes, shall. Yeah, they talk alike. <laughs> I believe we should. And he did. Went forth, put on his bathing suit, his beautiful body, which has since gone bad on him. <laughs> and he went stepping with his little 4'11 wife. Frankie's beautiful. She's just 4'11. She's just built like regular little wife. And he went walking, got to the edge of the lake, and it was 99 out. And he said, my dear, I believe I shall take a plunge. That's the way they used to talk in the old days, you know. They, you had to tell your wife everything you were going to do, you know, even if she was standing there looking at you, you know. My dear, I believe I will walk to this board. Do it, do it. He said, are you with me? She said, yes, Sheldon, I'm with you. And he went up, and he hit the diving board. <laughs> And he did soar into the air, up, 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 forming a great swan dive. Yes. <laughs> now, we will pause a second, leave our hero stranded in the air. We'll hold him, don't worry about it, he won't drop, he's still up there. And we will say, he is about to plunge into a what? Lake. Aha. Uh -huh. And how do you get lake water? Well, usually what happens is the water runs down from the mountain. Yes, and how do you get it? Maybe the snow will melt. Right. Does it ever really get hot? No. And so he is about to dive into what? Twelve degrees. 
Now we pick up our hero at the peak of his swan. And he is now descending and he's coming down and boosh, he hit the water. And immediately he said, my body turned into a giant goose pimple. And as I submerged, my eyes would not close because they too wanted to know what had hit them. My body began to drop into a ball. I touched bottom, thank goodness, and pushed up. And as my head broke through the water, I was facing my wife about 30 feet away from her. And she stood there smiling. And I said to myself, why should I tell her? Said so I gathered every inch, every muscle, and I smiled. And I said to her, come on in, dear. The water's fine. And she hit the board and made a great swan. And when she came down, the tips of her fingers touched the water. And she made one of the greatest hand walks across the lake any man has ever seen. And stood on the other side and yelled great obscenities to me. So that's Sheldon's play. Thank you. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. has something its Rotary Club can boast of Some product that the state produces the most of Rhode Island is little but Oh my It has a product anyone would buy from Arizona Beaches come from Georgia And lobsters come from Maine The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska And Kansas gets bonanzas from the grain Old whiskey comes from Old Kentucky Ain't the country lucky New Jersey gives us glue And you, you come from Rhode Island And little old Rhode Island is famous for you Cotton comes from Louisiana Gophers from Montana And spuds from Idaho They plow land in the cow land of Missouri 
come from Colorado Gold comes from Nevada Divorces also do up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. What a great show today. Thanks to all of my guests, starting with uh, this last hour with Allison Johnson from National Geographic. Before that, we talked with um, uh, Ed uh, Hagem, who um, has written a, a fascinating memoir called An on the Road Less Traveled, an unlikely journey from the orphanage to the boardroom. And thanks to Michael Blanding, um, investigative journalist, uh, for talking about his book, North by Shakespeare, A Rogue Scholar's Quest for the Truth Behind the Bard's Work. Anyway, great show today. we got a great one tomorrow. Musical guest is Jimmy Thunders. We're also going to talk with uh, um, Ella Mika, who plays Nikki on the TBS uh, comedy series, Chad. That's all coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.